we're just going to confirm that we're live on Facebook, we're live on LinkedIn, we're live on YouTube, and we're live on the uh, on the on the podcast series. Everyone, let's see if we can do a collective hello after three. One, two, three. Hello. Hello. Excellent. We're just talking about the uh, the differences between uh, temperatures between my, myself and the and the UK in uh, lovely sunny Bury St Edmunds is about four degrees um, outside. So let's just r- rattle around everyone from our gorgeous team from South Africa just to see what their what their temperatures are over there before we get started with this amazing PMA broadcast on on berries. Uh, Jan, what what's that? What's the temperature with you and Paul, please? Yeah, today I just got out, came out in from outside and um, about 31 degrees Celsius at this point. 31 degrees. So, so that's the bar set. Um, Elzas, what, what's the temperature with you, please? 29, but it's also what? Paul, but I'm in the other, on, on the other side of Paul. Oh, you're, you're on the shady, shady bit. Low, shady side. Stellenbosch, low, checking in. What's the weather? What's the temperature there with you? Yeah, I think it's about 29 at the moment, Max. Excellent. Ryan? Um, earlier, earlier when I went out, it was 32. Also, oh, making me so generous. And Leanne and Joe Berg, come on, are you going to top? Cla- a bit cloudy today, Max. We're sitting in around about 24. 24. There yeah. we go. That's just another reason why we all need to get back to South Africa because you've got far better weather than, than us in the UK. Everyone, it's a pleasure to be with you today. My name is Max McGillibury. I'm the editor of chief editor in chief of Beanstalk Global. We're doing our regular monthly. Um, broadcast series with the fantastic PMA Southern Africa with Leanne Leanne Jones and her um, amazing team looking to promote and understand key aspects of South African fresh produce and um, Leanne I keep on saying this at every broadcast but it still amazes me that South Africa uh, uh, exports in a conventional year four and a half million tons of amazing fresh produce and also uh, grows three and a half million tons for for the domestic markets. South Africa is always on, on, on the Sentency and always uh, is looking to develop and create new fresh produce, new varieties, new 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 elements for us all globally to, to enjoy. Fresh South Africa produces some of the best fresh produce on, on a global basis. Leanne, would you agree with me? Definitely, Max. Um, I can't say anything else really from the the seat that I'm sitting in today. But um, you know, we have an incredible um, array of different fruits and, and vegetables that we grow across the country. We've got lots of different climatic zones to do that and of course our, our growers are, are some of the best in the world and produce some of the finest produce so um you know we we Excellent. top well, well said and just give us a bit of a, a background to the pma um and the um and how how you assist growers in the, in the south africa and the southern africa uh, territories please super so pma which is a produce marketing association we are a, a membership driven association that is really focusing, focused on connecting our, our members um, to each other, to business opportunities, to information, anything that they need to do to grow their business. Um, so we have members from the whole supply chain and fresh produce and floral, um, and we bring them all together um, to, to really sort of help them get their business to flourish. Excellent. Well, well done. And where you've been so good um, over the uh, last few months of all the various broadcasts that we've done is to be able to garner a, a set of, uh, of experts. And, and that's that's we really picked up that people really enjoyed hearing from these individuals, both within South Africa, but also on an international basis, because we're learning so, so much. We, we said this earlier in the week that if people can dial into a broadcast or a podcast and if they can take away five things that they didn't know before, it's going to make it a really interesting conversation. So on that basis, and it's okay if I run around our experts just get a, a better understanding from, uh, from from the more as to who they are and who they're representing. Vianne, is that okay? Absolutely. Let's go. Uh, Vianne, I, I just I love that. You had an interloper behind you. Who, who was that? The world wants to know. The world wants to know. Just my wife we're quickly picking up her bag to, to run out. So, so, who are you? <laughs> so who are you and who are you representing, please? Thanks, Max. Uh, yeah, my name is Vian Maton. Um, I'm the commercial manager at Fall Creek Farmer Nursery in South Africa. Uh, we focus in uh, predominantly the blueberry nursery business uh, and also playing a role in developing and introducing new blueberry varieties um, all across the globe. Excellent. Okay, and we're going to come back to everyone and do a bit of a deep, deeper dive so we can find out a little bit more about them. Uh, Lo, this is your second time on, but we need to know again, who are you and who are you representing, please? 
Hi everyone, uh, my name is Lopinar and I'm representing BFAP, which is the Bureau for Food and Agriculture Policy. Basically, we are a research institute that focuses uh, on various agriculture value chains. So I'm happy to be on this uh, on this Beanstalk uh, podcast. Excellent. And, and you're very kindly going to do a presentation for, for us as well, so we can get some real uh, stats, details on, on, this, uh, on this sector. Um, uh, uh, Elzet, who are you, please, and who are you representing? Um, hi, guys. Yeah, um, I represent the South African berry industry. We are actually the, um, yeah, we're the industry body for blueberries, raspberries, and blackberries. And yeah, um, we are a, uh, we're an association um, uh, of a grow, basically a grower association, but also allow associate memberships. And we uh, focus on, on, on industry matters such as research and transformation and data collection and market access and whatever needs to be done in the industry to drive it forward. That's what we do. Okay, and I, I just want to say one thing. I just want to say one thing. I think Lopinor is the smartest man I have ever known. Really? <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. Oh, you, well, you have to clarify that. Why? Let's find out. Yeah, don't, don't worry. He's, he's on the previous broadcast. He's intellectually murdered me. So no, I already, already yeah, know. Yeah, yeah no, he's, he's, he's fantastic. And I, I just have to ask, ask you as a, with, within, <laughs> am I going to put you on the spot like this? With your, with, with what you do and the, the, the fact that you represent so many fan, fantastic berry growers in, uh, in South Africa, what's your favourite berry? Ooh. My favourite berry? Yep. I have to say um, the, 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 the new cultivars of blueberries in South Africa, yeah. and there's plenty of them, is just amazing. Yeah. So There we so go. I, thank, um, thank you. Thank you. We'll, we'll find out from, from every, everyone else. Ruan, over to you, please. Who are you and who are you representing? Hey, hey Max. Um, I'm Ruan. I represent an export company um, based in Paul called Paul Fruit. So we roughly do 320,000 tons of fresh fruit um, each year. Or basically last year we've, we've exported 320,000 tons. Um, predominantly, let's call it the traditional crops like apples and pears and citrus and grapes. But most recently um, we got involved into, into blueberries, especially um, with the new genetics being, being available in, in the country, yes. Yeah, excellent. Leah, what a great mixture of, uh, of, of people that we've got. It always, it always excites me doing these broad, broadcasts because if, if there's one thing that you can always guarantee from South African uh, fresh produce is that is the dynamism that you're going to, going to see from whether it be the, the producers or, or, or the trade groups. So let's, so, so, so let's, Van, let, let's just do a bit, bit of a, a better understanding of yourself, please. Um, did you, how did you get into the, into the sector? Are you fresh produce through and through do you have a family background or did you just fall into it like some other people um i must say i was uh, probably at the right place at the right time very lucky at that stage um i'm a qualified winemaker um by trade um studied here at stellenbosch university but i left that industry about 11 years ago um Took a bit of a detour in the table grape industry, uh, more on a technical side, um, spent some time with, with growers out in the field and advising and supporting them on growing table grapes. Uh, but it's, it was also at that stage where I got in, uh, exposed to uh, intellectual property management, um, specifically wow. with plant material. Um, I had exposure to the distribution of plant material. Um, importing various varieties uh, and and working very closely with uh, government bodies to introduce uh, those varieties into our industry and then um, with the main aim of commercializing those varieties uh, with growers all across the country and i think it was it's that exposure that also may um i think had a helping hand and me crossing paths with with fall creek where i'm currently based and uh, and yeah, operating as the uh, commercial manager and having similar responsibility of selecting varieties and um, through our breeding programs based in other parts of the world and um, making sure we get those varieties and the material of it uh, in the country and working with growers um, to introduce those varieties to them and then obviously supporting them through our technical teams, supporting those growers to, to grow the variety successfully and um, being able to compete on the international and the export markets and delivering a good quality product for, for our customers, uh, yeah. which is, I think, today's audience. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, well, well done. And career-wise, is, is, 
it, it's fascinating your how, how you you've uh, maneuvered your career but still within the same sector but going from wine production over, over to uh, fresh produce production it, is it a is it a career that you would recommend we, we have a lot of students internationally dialed into these uh, broadcasts so, so hence the question it's is is the fresh sector um or, or and viticulture a career that you would recommend um, most definitely. I think uh, just my broad terms, for sure, um, the fresh sector, the export sector here in South Africa provides lots of opportunities, especially for the young and ones that's, uh, that's driven and interested. Um, I think of previous um, uh, scenarios or exposure that I've had more on the technical side of it, out in the field. Um, and if one had to go specifically to, to blueberries or berries per se, there's massive opportunities still out there. I think there's a maybe a, a lack at this stage of, of um, experience. Um, the industry is still quite young. Um, we probably hear that a bit later on. But um, with that lack, I think there's huge opportunities um, yeah. for, for students out there uh, maybe to, to hone in on it and um, get that, that exposure and a bit of experience because there's definitely opportunities here. Well, well done. And it's a, it's a real positive rabbit hole to, to go down. And we'll do it at, a, at another broadcast. But just to say that I, I was at a, an event yesterday in the UK called Crop Tech. It's a many an arable based event. And I interviewed a, a couple of universities and they've seen that they've had a huge uptick of people coming in to do MA courses outside of agriculture because they want to come into agriculture and they want to do good. They want to go get involved in re regen agriculture, regenerative agriculture and sustainability. So hopefully we're going to see that on a on a, mm -hmm. on, a, on a on a global basis that more people want to get into the sector. So there's an, another reason why we're really keen to, to, to showcase this, uh, this area. Um, thank you very much. Uh, Ron, over to yourself. I, I didn't realize that core fruit was such a prestigious supplier of, um, of, of fresh, fresh, fresh produce. Uh, what, what, what's the age of, uh, of the company? Because I, I presume you didn't start next Tuesday. What, what's, what's that last Tuesday even? What's the background to, uh, to core fruit, please? So, so, um, so Max, we started 11 years ago. Uh, we, most, of, most of the starting starting members were part of a previous export company um, and um, yeah, started the own thing in 2010. So we've been, we've been 11 years old, yeah. Excellent. Um, and yourself, uh, what's your background, please? Yeah, so I studied in Stellenbosch, same university as Vienna. Um, uh, I think I got my, my degree in 2006 and um, yeah, luckily I, uh, I was introduced into the marketing side of, the, of, of, of fruit export, um, basically the year after, after I, I finished. Um, yeah, and it's been 14 years now, um, and I'll definitely never, never look back, so I'm enjoying it tremendously. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say, when are you going to get a proper job? But no, <laughs> but but no, it's, it's, it's the one thing I think we, we, we can all say in, in this family of, of us globally, you cut us in half and we're all going to read um, fresh produce. I, I sort of, I, I, I call, and they're going to, they're going to find me one day because I keep on using this expression. I, I called it, call it the Goldman Sachs effect. Um, you could work for Goldman Sachs and you could be paid hundreds of thousands of uh, dollars or, or, or sterling, but you're never going to be happy. Um, I'm, unless you, you all tell me otherwise, I think you are, you've got some of the best jobs in the world um, dealing sure. with with nature, um, growing some of the best fresh produce in the world, and actually doing good. Everyone's working up to the fact over our, our COVID um, issues that um, eating fresh produce and exercising is some of the best ways to keep on a fit, fit and health, healthy um, healthy basis. So, uh, so Ryan, th thank you. So, um, as it um, the trade groups. That, now, it's an interesting one because I'm probably like all of you. I've attended. Probably thousands of uh, of meetings over, over the over the years in my 20, 25 year um, history within within fresh produce. Do you think trade groups can actually, if, if they're if they're managed, if they're bossed, if they set up correctly, do you think they can actually make a difference to an industry sector such such as berries? Can can trade groups work? What do you think? Do you mean with trade groups like a uh, um, trade fairs? Is that what you mean? No, as uh, 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 groups like yourself that are looking to support uh, specific in industry, industry sectors. Yeah. Okay, of course. Yeah, no, in South Africa, um, uh, unfortunately, you cannot, there's a lot of things that you cannot get done if you're in a, in a private capacity. So you, you have to work, uh, government likes to work through industry bodies. So if there's an issue, they would rather, or, um, you know, if there's exporter that has an issue, um, they don't always listen to the exporter. They would rather let it come through the official um, the official way through the official um, voice of the industry. 
So um, I, I think, well, we, we couldn't continue as we were. We had to form an industry body or a trade group. We had to, we couldn't, we, we weren't moving forward. We needed to register chemicals. We need to open new markets and nobody has time for that. Um, you know, you need to have a, um, a jockey in the seat. So um, that's why we had to form um, Berry South Africa. Yeah, well, well done. And um, if, if it's okay to, I, I, I've never really done anything new in my life. I just find uh, uh, really good things and, and sort of plagiarize them to, to make them ho hopefully better. And uh, the, the reason for mentioning that, that we have a trade group in the, in the UK on our uh, Berry side and where they were very good is that some 15, 20 years ago, they managed to get the, the warring companies together um, and, mm -hmm. and, and got them all to start putting money into a little pot to set up a um, a, a campaign that would then be triggered every summer in the in the UK, and I think they are responsible for the, for the fact that in the UK we got a double digit uh, rise of berry consumption because yeah. of that campaign because they collaborated, and uh, rather than just having um, uh, trade events uh, or uh, monosyllabic things that weren't doing any good, they were actually so proactive for their for their members and and created this this momentum that happened within within the UK. So mm -hmm. I, I I was slightly lead, leading you with with my question that I completely agree with you that to be for, for you to be able to assist all. Because all of these growers, they, they're, they're fantastic at growing, but they might be uh, weak on the political side or might be weak on the marketing side. So hence why they need the, the likes of yourself to figuratively hold their hand to, to assist them and to, to uh, help them on their technical side and help them on the, on the commercial aspect. So, so you're very positive about the future and, um, and, and your assistance with the, with the growers, I take it. Yeah, no, I'm probably the most positive person when it comes to the berry industry. Um, because I get to deal with all the good things most of the time. So um, yeah, we we see the growth um, within our industry. We speak to exporters, growers about where they are going. Um, we get the information about new cultivars that's coming forward. Um, so it's it's all very positive from from our side. Um, obviously, there's things that are harder to to stay positive about. It's mostly it's uh, things like market access where you have to have really um, it's a long-term goal, so you need to stay positive for a very long time, and you mustn't lose faith in the process. Um, but yeah, but most of all, I think um, I think you cannot go forward in an industry without a proper industry body. And, and you mentioned something about promotions and things. Um, that's also something that that you know you need to do in the international market. So that is something we are trying now, and it costs money. So you know, yeah. um, so we get the. Um, there's a there's a levy system so we have some money from the growers and that's what we're going to use to do a proper promotion in in, um, in the trade um, magazines but also a little bit at fruit logistica yeah. and then next year we want to go into germany and we really want to try and pitch our fruit there but yeah excellent and, and I, I, I think in some respects you, you are a bit of a magician in, in that if you look at uh, the likes of coca-cola uh, what's the what's the standard uh, element there that's uh, 24 percent of that can of coke wherever it's been purchased um is being spent on on uh, on marketing uh, so so what's the other saying wherever you go in the world two people have been there before you the guy selling coca-cola and the guy selling michael jackson t-shirts and, and, and the fact that they, they've got that sort of margin um allows them to do uh the, the marketing on the super bowl or on online whilst for yourself you, you've got you've got to sort of bootstrap it haven't you um but but to your advantage you're selling you're selling sunshine you're, you're not selling sugary drinks but yeah no we, we really look forward to um seeing how you get on with the likes of fruit logistics and uh, in, into germany that, that's going to be very, very exciting uh, but as i said it feels like we need we, we need a bit more statistical information we need to know where this um where this where this sector where berries is going for, for south africa can, can you recommend anyone who's just an intellectual intellectual firecracker who would be able to give us that information do you think um on this board yeah let me have a think. Me too. <laughs> I think we need to hand over to Lo now. Lo, like Lo, although we've had you on before, it would be great just to give us a quick um, breakdown as to as to your your background for all those graduates that we want to get into into the sector. Can you just tell us your background, please, as, as you're setting up your screen? Yeah, great. Thanks, Max. Uh, hope you can see my screen. I'm going to do a short presentation. So. Well, basically, I've known LZ now for a few years because I was working with the berry industry, uh, I think, since 2016, 17. Um, and so I'm an agriculture economist working for BFAP, but my expertise or let's say my interest more is, is in the berry industry because we saw quite a while back that it's an industry that's growing fast. 
And so from an economist perspective, a fast industry that's doing a lot of job creation uh, is obviously great and making a huge socioeconomic impact. And uh, those are the sort of industries that will really drive development, which is something and, uh, you know, close to my heart and, and really making impact in, on, on livelihoods and, and our economy. And so basically, I'll just uh, run through just a couple of slides. Um, look, look, about look, just, look just, before, just before you start, can everyone yeah. turn off their video and, uh, um, and their mics so that we can um, uh, let our man uh, show us what, what's, uh, uh, what, what, what he knows and so we can all learn from that. So if you could all turn off your videos, that'd be fantastic. Thank you. Lo, over to you. Thanks, Max. Okay, great. So just, uh, I mean, just a quick uh, sort of overview of the global context. See, if you're thinking about global supply and demand, and then I'll really start to play South Africa into perspective. But I mean, if we talk blueberries or berries, uh, we obviously in South Africa focus a little bit more on blueberries. Although, like I said, there are a number of other berry types, but really the one that's been growing the fastest and by far the biggest in proportional share is blueberries. So I'll speak a little bit more focused on that. Um, and that's obviously also where the volumes in the market will, will be going to in the next few years. But basically, if you look at growth in world supply of blueberries, you're looking at a, around 14% growth per annum, which is really fast supply growth if you compare that to any sort of bigger industry like citrus or any of the others. Um, and basically what we're seeing uh, in 2020, the latest uh, numbers are coming out. Uh, the total sort of supply of berries were about 1.5, uh, 1.4 million tons. And that's coming from around 200,000 hectares planted across the world. And just to note, this is high bush uh, blueberries. Um, and uh, basically, the idea is that uh, looking forward, the IBO is suggesting that this growth will continue, obviously slowing it down a little bit from that 14% sort of historic growth. It's now about 12.6% uh, towards the next four or five years. But basically, we're seeing... Uh, this growth being driven by yield improvement. So people are learning how to grow blueberries better. There's improvement in varieties. Um, and so there's uh, this expectation that there'll still be growth coming. But of course, in South Africa's context, we need to look at the Northern Southern Hemisphere divide. And there you can sort of see on the sort of bottom of the slide, just the sort of breakdown of major producers of blueberries. Obviously, Northern Hemisphere, again, a similar story to, to Kiwis. A very big producer is, is China, uh, although not a very big exporter, but then uh, the US, uh, also a very big uh, producer, and then it drops off a little bit with Canada and Spain, uh, and then a few of the others. And then you can also see the dots there, that's the right axis, uh, shows the yield differences. Obviously, someone like Spain is very good, uh, you know, conditions to grow berries, and in particular blueberries, uh, very high yields. Um, and, and similar to Morocco as well. But then in the Southern Hemisphere, of course, South Africa is a relative small player, but still growing very fast. And in the Southern Hemisphere, we've got Chile and Peru, that's our main competitors. And in, on a like-for-like -like basis, they're already a little bit ahead in terms of you know, the yields that they are getting. But I suspect South Africa is gaining much traction and, and improving you know, um, at, a, at a fast pace. Now, the question would be, you know, you've got a 14% growth every year in blueberry supply, and what's been driving farmers to plant new, you know, orchards, and this is similar story like I explained last time, there's a few big drivers, that's obviously the case for any agricultural crop is, you know, you've got income growth in various parts of the world, so people have more income, they spend more of that, you know, buying food, and as people become more rich, they spend less money on something like maize and cereals, and then they go into alternative, which will be more healthy for their uh, more balanced diet. But basically, more people are moving into cities, uh, which means they're going uh, having to buy mainly from retail outlets. So then you get this sort of growth in demand for, for produce, in particular, then also something like blueberries. But which is also helping this trend, like you mentioned earlier, Max, is that there's obviously a strong growth in terms of this um, healthy eating. Obviously, COVID helped with that. Um, but then there's a number of things that's happening at the moment in the retail space that's also uh, you know, pushing demand forward uh, for, for, for berry consumption. And, and here's something that I've noticed uh, sort of over the last 10 years, both in the, the UK, Europe, and the US, you've got very strong per capita consumption growth. 
And there's two drivers behind that. The one is more people are starting for the first time to consume uh, berries. But then the other one, also those that were already consuming are consuming more of that product. So in that mix, then you get this situation where there's just a lot of more uh, product being imported into countries. And you see this phenomenal growth then <clears throat> per annum, you know, in terms of the value imported over time, uh, you know, 15, 16% in volume terms, similar to that. And then obviously, if you look at the CIF pricing, you know, the last four or five years, there has been a little bit of pressure on pricing as the supply is coming into the market, uh, you know, very fast. But basically, you know, the story of South Africa really comes in with trade dynamics. Uh, as many will know that's listening is that obviously South Africa is producing in the Northern Hemisphere off season. And this graph just here on the bottom just shows you exactly that window where South Africa, Peru and Chile and those ones are entering the market. But this just shows you the Southern Hemisphere coming in mainly June, July, which will be early for the summer, uh, Southern Hemisphere. And then really, you know, putting product into the market up until let's say January, February. So every year then that turns around as the Northern Hemisphere comes into production. But here in the sort of uh, right side of this slide, you can just see, you know, what's the main players hitting the market at the same time as South Africa. South Africa's main season is mainly from September till November. Obviously we're trying to push it earlier to, to get higher prices. But then at the end of the season, then obviously Chile comes in. And as part of Chile coming in, the Northern Hemisphere early production also comes into the market. So in general terms for South African growers, you want to get early in the market, you know, August, September, after which the price starts to taper down um, and, 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 and drops quite significantly if, if you reach January, February. But basically, just the story of South Africa's industry is really the first plants coming in from what we, I could tell is the 1970s. Uh, there was a gentleman that planted uh, blueberries commercially um, in the Leidenberg area and the Free State where there's very cold areas. Um, and, and back then, the, the, the plant genetics were mainly, uh, you know, northern eyebush varieties that required very cold, uh, high cold units. But it's only the next, you know, 30, 20 to 30 years after that's 1992 that really commercial planting started to, you know, extend to other parts of South Africa. Um, you know, and actually 1992, the first exports were recorded for blueberries specifically. And they, I mean, I've also shown you this graph here to show sort of the growth of the industry. And only in 2010, that's when really new varieties that uh, required lower chill units started to come into South Africa. And that meant that there was a lot more suitable areas where we could grow. But as the same with these varieties also at this time, I think uh, there's a lot of improvement in management practices. You know, a lot of the new orchards were coming in under tunnels and netting and a lot of learnings in, in this, in these early years where yields were very low and many of these farmers needed to sort of learn, you know, sort of the, the tricks of the trade. And then only since 2010, 2011, that's where you see this sort of really kicking off of growth that really, and I've said this before, but this industry, this is the fastest growth in any uh, agricultural industry in South Africa for the past five years. Um, and basically where we are now, 2014, 16, that's when, you know, like I said, uh, Peru South Africa was formed, uh, a little bit more organized uh, sector, uh, really then able to talk to government and really get collaborative efforts to continue to drive this growth. But basically just the, the summary of the markets for South Africa is, you know, uh, the, the largest proportion, about 72% of our crop is exported. Uh, that's mainly there on the right. You can see the Netherlands and the UK is traditionally our biggest markets. But then obviously we have seen really good growth in some of the other markets, in particular the Middle East uh, countries. And like Alzette said, also in some of the others, um, you know, European countries, Germany, Ireland, also some decent growth. But uh, that's not to say because uh, local fresh sales are 13%. It's still a very important market segment. It's something that the industry wants to grow. And then obviously in terms of process, that's about 15% mainly in frozen uh, blueberries. So basically just the point uh, I want to finish off with, we, we've seen these early years, a lot of learnings, very strong growth from 2014-15. And I think the others on the call would really start to talk on how do you grow this industry you know, to continue this growth. Because what I've seen from other industries is that growth is not in inevitable. It requires concerted efforts, important to market, 
to do research and development and really organize so that everyone's you know focused to 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 grow the industry it will not happen automatically but the summary from from me is this is a very uh, you know exciting time for the industry and there's still space for growth uh, but we just need to market aggressively and find space for all the produ products coming in because like us it would also say that there's still more growth in tons and hectares coming into production and we're excited uh, about the prospects uh, looking to the next 10 years. Uh, Max, that's basically my story. Thanks, and over to you. Uh, well, well, well done. We've already received some comments um, online via Zoom and also on my WhatsApp. I've got an interesting one from WhatsApp. F fantastic presentation. Um, we need a president for fresh produce globally. Low is the man. Where do I vote? So no, as uh, as as um, uh, as uh, uh, we, we said, we said earlier, with as I just say that so you're an intellectual uh, firecracker, and uh, with the uh, presentation that you did previously with uh, with another broadcast, I think the way that you present it is is great. But hold on, let's just talk about the disruptors um, out there. Um, I'm just so you've just turned off your excellent. I'm just going to get get our screens all all, all realigned. Excellent. Um, and Arcada, we got we got our online um, retailer Arcada, and I interviewed them at a, a recent trade show pre the pandemic. And uh, they said they can't get enough of organic uh, blueberries. And it's great that um, the uh, certain demographics are just filling their kids full of blueberries rather than Mars bars. It, it seems such a, a good way to go. But with this, the last last couple of years and the big disruption we've all had, it, it, are there possible disruptors? And just give you an example, that some of the systems, some of the growing systems for blueberries globally, they've had the, the best years ever because countries who haven't been able to get blueberries in are starting to grow blueberries themselves. So it's a low, are you, are you, are you happy that this growth can continue and that growth can continue for South Africa? Or are you going to have threats from other countries who look to steal uh, your, your existing exports and your potential future export, exports? What do you think? Uh, the short answer is I think we can sustain growth, Max. Uh, but the reality is that, you know, in this information age and, uh, you know, where we are at the moment is that you can learn to produce yourself. There's a lot of expertise coming online. But also, uh, to me, it's, it's clear, like you mentioned, the chocolate situation. You know, in South Africa, I think the average per capita consumption of the population that consumes blueberries is 0.5%. Now, if you can move that 0.5% to 1% yeah. or 2%, yeah. it's from a very low base. And that's in many other countries, even developing countries, you know, a large space for more people to be equipped and learn about, you know, the, the strength and the sort of opportunities for your health in terms of eating healthier. I think there's so much bigger scope for, for more consumption growth from where we are at the moment, but it will take some time. And of course, for any industry, it goes You've got early adopters, they jump into the market, they pay a lot of school fees and essentially get the you know, sort of the benefits yeah. of the early growth. But any industry will mature um, as they move along. But I still think there's a lot, large opportunity for more, more growth to come. Excellent. Van, do, do you agree? Do you, do you agree? Are you positive? Having seen um, Lowe's presentation that, that, that the future is bright, but perhaps with some, some, with some initial pitfalls that you just got to work around. What do you think? Um, yes, definitely. Um, I, I want to agree with with the last presentations and the the data is shown there. And obviously, uh, part of our responsibility is is uh, also to to help uh, materialize that growth and the, the anticipated growth we're seeing as an industry. Because definitely, the opportunities are out there. Um, I think if if I had to bring that presentation of his and some of the information there, but closer to, to our daily operations. It's, um, again, there's, there's, there's big opportunities. We sit in a diverse country in terms of uh, climate. Um, so we can, we can introduce uh, a wide variety, a, a widespread of varieties, uh, which is to our benefit as well, and, and address certain uh, sections of that um, export um, opportunity and supply. But um, I mentioned earlier, I think the technical opportunities, that's, that's a big opportunity here. And if we can, if we can support those growers on, on ground level um, and identify and learn from the mistakes of the past and, and help um, newcomers or current growers how to improve 
uh, and getting those productions up um, from that average you sh showed there was uh, about six six 6.7 um, tons per hectare, trying to improve on that, improve on quality. It's, I think quality is going to be yeah. the end of the game going forward. And I, uh, luckily, I don't think that's that should be any news for a South African grower, yeah. uh, in any industry for that matter. Quality has always been a high priority of ours. But it's going to become, and it is becoming very important, if not already important for, for the blueberry industry of South Africa as well, is to, to focus on quality. Um, we, we need to stay close to the markets. We need to stay close to the consumers, understand what they want, um, and give them what they want. Um, so, so, and I think that's also where the companies like uh, Ruan and, and Core Fruit are coming in. Um, where growers need to work and collaborate with, with those exporting marketers to make sure that um, they are aligned in terms of strategy and, and the requirements of those markets so yeah. that they can produce it on ground level. It's, it's going to be all crucially important uh, in the future. But Van, well done. Ron, are you, are you as, as optimistic as uh, Lo and uh, Van about the future as well? For sure. Yeah. Max, that for sure. Um, I think there's, there's two things. I think from a South African point of view, the the, the, the market situation or the, or the export situation has changed in the last three, four years. Up until now, there's been very good genetics tied up with certain exporters. Um, and the, the older varieties or the open varieties has been the, the older ones and the, and the old genetics that, that can't compete. So in the market, you, um, as, as Lowe showed, I mean, in October, November, when, when Peru dominates the market, um, if you if you enter the market with an inferior product, you you date in the water. You won't get any shelf space on retail level. Wow! Um, but I must say, with with companies like Fall Creek and there's there's other other companies. Um, I know Top Fruit is also bringing in new new genetics. Um, yeah. So over time, it's definitely changing, um, and that's why we're excited. Um, so so again, we we planting also most of our plantings these days are in the northern part of the country where you. Most of your of your harvest should enter the market before Peru, um, but also if you if you plant down in the Western Cape, competing with Peru with new genetics. Um, I mean, Peru is, in my opinion, seventy five percent is still old genetics. So so if you have wow. new new genetics, good varieties available in, in, in those in those um, window, I mean, you also as said you're going to get the shelf space. So yeah, we are missing. Excellent. Uh, one one thing I love your expression from South Africa: make a plan. Make, make a plan. Um, Elizabeth, uh, what, what do you believe are the critical areas for growers to, to focus on? So not looking to be, be negative because it, it feels like there's going to be there's going to be a rush uh, for, for this, this global consumer, just like there has been with, say, av avocados. Uh, what can growers do to, to major on South African growers to make sure they can create dominance in, in their in their market sectors and their, their timing availability? What, what can they do, please? Well, I think. Um... As with any commodity in South Africa, I think you have to plant the right variety um, in the right area. So I would do a lot of homework um, on what I decide to plant. Um, it's also, remember, berries are very expensive to, um, to uh, cultivate or um, to, the whole setup is very ex expensive. So they need to make sure they, they're completely aligned. So they need the right variety, they, not, they need the right um, exporter, so they must do their homework. Um, and then I think um, the, I think uh, Court Brazelton also said this a while back, um, the days where you can just put a blueberry on the, on the market, it's over. So wow. you need to decide what is your point. We, we must have a point of difference. There's enough blueberries out there, but we need to make sure that when they pick up a South African planet, that's just gonna outshine everybody. And I think we've done a good job because of the fact that we have such good varieties. Um, but um, I think there's still work to be done in terms of our, our post-harvest, um, in terms of uh, just doing some research to get the fruit um, in, a, in a perfect condition on the other side. Um, but yeah, I, I always tell the growers when they contact me, I, I, I tell them, please, please, please make sure that you are planting the correct variety for your area. Yeah. And, and it's almost... Um, I think uh, Vian said uh, that they are now planting in, in the northern parts of the country, um, or was it Ruan? Um, anyway, but the point is um, that area, those areas are, are earlier in the market. So that already makes sense. Yeah. Be, don't just plant when the whole tsunami of blueberries are getting into the market, you know? Yeah. Be sure that you have got some point of difference. 
Yeah, well, well said. And, and Lo, just go back to you, you your, your presentation is fascinating, that, that split in respect to the dominance of exports going to the likes of the UK and, uh, and Holland. I, I mentioned at the start of my intro about uh, four and a half million tonnes exported out of um, South Africa in a conventional year, three and a half million um, to your wholesale markets. The 10 fastest growing cities are, are in Africa. Um, should you be concentrating on overseas markets? Is there an internal market within South Africa and Africa that South African blueberry um, uh, producers should be should be very producers should be should be looking at? Or is that me just being naive? What do you think, please? That's a good question, Max. I'll probably differ my response from sort of a big a blueberry grower at the moment. I think there's huge potential in Africa. We've got the continental free trade agreement. And when we talk about Africa and market opportunities there, we should actually be focusing on, let's say, the next 10 years. In many of these cities that are in, in countries with big cities, Uganda, you know, across the board, actually from, from north to south, you know, there's a growing population in the cities that have got, you know, disposable income to really drive berry consumption. And that market will continually be important. And we, we're the closest to that market for, you know, in comparison to all of our competitors. But the market and the volumes are not yet there. And, and also, maybe just to make a point, we are actually ac uh, accessing many of the African markets already. But, uh, I mean, uh, the bulk of or, or, or the amount that we can send there is limited at the moment. But for sure, big growth coming in the next 10 years. Yep, I can. And I've got, I've got to go back to my Mars bar analogy. And just, and just segueing that in into our online uh, retailer, uh, Ocado, that they can't get enough. They're talking about specifically organic blueberries uh, to, to sell. I, I just feel that um, with everything that we're, we're going through, there's going to be a, a shift away from these high salt, high, high fatty foods. And what is a great convenience food on, on a berry basis? Uh, blueberries. So, so it's... Uh, uh, let alone one, one, one moment I'm slightly uh, uh, afraid that um, are, are we just going to oversaturate this market? But actually, if people stop eating junk food, confectionery, and move uh, towards the, the, the likes of blueberries, that the market in some respects is, is, going, to be, is going to be endless. Would, 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 you, would you agree so the, the future is even brighter in some respects if we can go for that urbanization and, um, and, and uh, cannibalizing sales away from the confectionery manufacturers? Yeah, I agree, Max. I mean, obviously, as we mature and there's more product coming into market, then prices will come down eventually. I mean, they, they'll go through different sort of business cycles in any case. But I mean, if you're a competitive producer, you can push yields and quality, you will be in business. And I always tell people that say, you know, blueberries or berries are expensive. Then I ask them, how many cappuccinos have you bought uh, this week? <laughs> And then I say, instead of buying two of them, you could have taken a punnet of blueberries. It's much better for you. But I also enjoy my cappuccino, but I also enjoy, enjoy the blueberries. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a fascinating analogy, isn't it? That we, we probably have the same with, with your retailers. That uh, It's just always uh, price, price, price about fresh produce. Uh, but then people are wandering further into the store and uh, will happily pay 20, 20, 10, 20 pounds for a fine bottle of South African wine, uh, which is <laughs> absolutely correct. But uh, yeah, we, 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 we shouldn't be buying top Pop-Tarts, we should be buying uh, South African uh, blueberries. So let, let's just get a bit more into the nuts and bolts about, um, about companies and, and varieties, just to get an understanding as, as to who's leading this and, and perhaps who we, can, who we can learn from. Van, over to yourself, varieties. Um, it, is, there, is, there a lot of develop, is there a lot of development in, in varieties or, or is this area stabilized out or are we seeing new varieties coming, coming through? Well, Max, it almost feels to me I've, I'm a relatively new to to the blueberries, but uh, or to the blueberry industry, but uh, also doing a bit of research. And Lois uh, uh, pointed out the, the timeline there in his presentation as well. Um, some of the first varieties were introduced quite a while ago into South Africa. But it, if if you uh, look and listen at, at what's happening around us uh, currently, it's it's almost like we in this in the hype now. Um, there's so many more uh, varieties either being introduced or in the pipeline, uh, 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 different breeders um, uh, coming into South Africa and other parts of Southern Africa as well, which yeah. also post a, a lot of opportunities uh, for growing blueberries. So, so definitely uh, many more varieties to come. Um, sometimes the downside with introducing more and more new varieties is um, confusing the grower. So it, it makes it difficult for the for the grower to to um, 
to decide which varieties to plant. Um, and yes, obviously with, with all new varieties comes a lot of questions and unanswered questions, which, which in most cases are only answered over time. Uh, I think that's where sort of, uh, again, technical support, R&D, uh, variety information, um, just su supporting the growers to adopt these new varieties and, and help them grow them successfully, I think it's going to be a key drive in the future as well. As, yeah, I think there's, there's going to be a lot of options for the grower uh, in, in the next five to 10 years um, to, to select from. And then we're talking, again, given the climate of South Africa, we, we're talking zero chills or no chills. Yeah. all the way through to high chills and, and allowing us to as an industry actually to, to have quite an extend, uh, extended um, productions um, window. Um, obviously, I'm not sure if we will get to that 52 weeks supply, but um, wow. to, yeah, 19 months supply, that, that, that's, I think that's on the cards. Wow. Um, if you get into the, right, um, into the right areas with the right varieties. Okay. But yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting game. I think... Um, uh, varieties are going to be key uh, uh, going forward, um, and I think um, aligning that with your your marketing strategy and your your marketing, I think those are going to be two key drivers for success in the future. So we've got to stay close, close to yourself and Elza to find out about the varieties and the great growing techniques. But Ron, just to, over to, over to you. Isn't this the emperor's new clothes? Are, are we not just chasing a bit, bit of a false dream here? And in the respect of you, you look at um, uh, grapefruit. There's a, a unless you tell me otherwise. There's a diminishing um, de, uh, demand for for grapefruit as everyone's gone to other other citrus products. Um, are, are we not just chasing a a, a, a potential false stream here with blueberries and, and South African growers should just stick to the knitting, stick to what they're, they're, they're good at, or should they be uh, ripping up the whole farm and going for blueberries or, or, or is there a mix here to just try and test the market? Ron, what do you think? No, I think it's definitely a mix if, we can, if I can refer back to, to what Lo showed us, I mean the demand is, is, is growing each year and so the demand is there. I think the limitation from South African point of view and LZ can maybe also come in as the market access so I think if we can access markets like India and, and China, for instance, I mean, that's going to probably double the, the demand from a, from a South African point of view. Um, and then, and then what, what Vian said, I want to, I want to add to that is, is again, it's, it's a timely process. So I don't think it's easy to farm with blueberries. Um, so yeah, I, I won't recommend um, ripping out everything on your farm and just plant blueberries at all. Um, if blueberries or certain varieties um, Will, will will be grown in your area and it will work there for sure. Um, I think I think there's a there's a big opportunity for for blueberries for that. Okay, and on, on the uh, just help me another naive question, but uh, but that's just been coming on, on WhatsApp. What what does a, a grower need to have on a production basis? Is there any initial uh, equipment kits that they might already have for um, other fruit production that could be deployed for uh, the likes of blueberries, or has it got to be all new equipment that's got to come in? Ron, over to you. Um, Vian, I think this might be a question for you um, from a technical technical side, but uh, no, as, as, I, as I understand, and, and again, we're quite new into the, into, into the industry, but um, no, it's, it's a whole different uh, infrastructure. I mean, as, as I also said, it's a very expensive um, product to or commodity to farm with. Um, if you look at the tunnels and, and the whole structure you need to put, put up um, before you can even plant. Um, and then again, from a from a technical point of view, the, the EC in the ground and, and, the, and the, the soil, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very sensitive plant. Um, so all those, those technical things need to be checked beforehand now. Excellent. I, I love this thread that we've started off on the, on the side here, but trying to marry up blueberries with uh, with South African wine. It's uh, also an expression <laughs> in retail called uh, category management, that you must buy a, a punnet of, uh, of blueberries and you, you get a free bottle of wine is that the wrong way around um, yeah. how's that you, you, you put your you put your hand up but you put it in, uh, put it back down again but i'm going to come to you anyway what yeah. would you say what would you like to say no i um i think if we start speaking about our wine we're going to completely lose track of what we're talking about <laughs> because i'm very passionate about the wine but anyway we'll, we'll pop that one um now what i wanted to say is i don't think you have to ever worry about um blueberries being only like a a trend um i think yeah. You must remember, if you look at the health benefits of blueberries and the amount of research that's being done on it, it is just in a class of its own. Um, and the fact that it's so convenient and, you know, you put it in the pan, it's easy to, to feed children. Um, so in terms of that, I don't think we ever have to worry about um, 
it becoming you know people not 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 being interested in it anymore. I really think it's only, it's going to be a game changer. It's going it's going to remain something very important. And yeah, I just wanted to say you cannot really um, cannot really compare that to something like a citrus. Although it's very it's wonderful, but the health benefits is just and the way and the ease of of um, eating it's just it's just on a different level. So I, I don't think there's any worries about that yeah, um, okay. stopping. You know. Um, market demand stopping i think it will just increase okay yeah. and just just coming coming back to the marketing element again and i using my uh, my analogy about uh, about coca-cola if, if there's one frustration i've got especially within the uk is that six out of ten kids don't know where fresh produce comes from and um, I've, I've been very blessed to have um, spent time traveling through south africa met some some of your colleagues some amazing people and see some amazing stories and the passion for the for the growers and i just wish i could sort of matrix style um plug that into all the kids and the families i i i, I meet so that they could understand that um not only are they eating a superfood like blueberries but the whole story behind it what can we collectively do to spread the message about blueberries um, on, on a South African basis, on, on um, internationally, on the on the basis we don't have the firepower, we don't have the money, we don't have the marketing of the likes of a Coca Cola, but we do have this passion. What what can we collectively what can we collectively do? Come on, Leanne, you're you're a marketing expert. What can, what can we do? I oh, got go on, go on, um, you, you go but... first. Oh no no no, back to Leanne. It was like the tennis. Go on, Leanne, you go first. Yeah, well, you know, you know, Max, I. Have... I have dabbled in promoting um, blueberries probably about 10 years ago with the summer berry guys when I used to wear a different hat and we promoted blueberries from Chile, Argentina and Uruguay. Sorry, guys, I was I was sort of on the other side. But, uh, you know, if you look at that promotion um, that was done, I think it was three years. It set up the counter seasonal category for berries in, in Europe. And that tail, I think that was double-digit growth 10 years ago, you were seeing. And that double-digit growth has still continued. And, you know, there was two things with it. And I, and I wanted to actually just say, you know, one of the things about going into Africa is you have to be the Coca-Cola when you go into Africa. Because when you go into Africa, these new types of fruits are not even known. So you've got the low-hanging fruit that being the first person or the first country to introduce a new new fruit or a super fruit, you've got the first mover advantage. So that, that's something to think about, you know, as we sort of um, utilize our African free trade agreement and, and start developing Africa. But, you know, in terms of the marketing, particularly on a fruit like berries, which are a high nutrient dense fruit, you'll start to see consumers moving more and more to choose high nutrient dense foods um, in the marketplace. I think it's very important to communicate that, your nutrient density, and the flavor. And I think by getting new varieties, new plants, and consumers get a consistently excellent eating quality, they will go repurchase another punnet of blueberries in the same week. Yeah. Um, so for me, the marketing is in the flavor and the quality, and then having that that other sort of sort of marketing information about there about the nutrient density of, of the fruit. That's what I would um, you know, say is the the two things to to focus on. How's that? Um, oh, I was going to tell you guys about, um, and Vianne will also know about this. Um, well, um, we are part of the International Blueberry Organization, and um, we have been talking a while now to do something similar as the avocado industry has done. So they have done a worldwide campaign about avos, and it has been very, very effective. So I think um, Somewhere in the future, we are going. You so going to start seeing something likewise. Um, when exactly, and how we're going to fund it, we don't know yet. But that's definitely something that we're considering. So it'll Excellent. be a global, a glo not a global, but it'll, it'll be in the bigger markets. You know, in the, in, so we'll we'll start like a uh, generic Brilliant. campaign. Yeah, well, well done. Collaboration. And uh, you, you look at the World Avocado Association, the, the fact that they stream, is it a 33 second on the uh, on, on the outbreaks of the of the Super Bowl in, in America? 
um, and for, for avocados, obviously, and, and they, they yeah. see huge, huge spot. And the consumption of avocados in, in the likes of America mm. compared to, to, to Europe just shows the, the growth that could be had. And using that as an example for the likes of blueberries, that the, the consumption levels can, can be could be huge. So, so rather as uh, was it was it uh, Lisa saying rather if the berry industry can shift student mindsets to diet and snack food from shifting from KFC kid fattening centers mm. to blue, blue, blueberries to blue berries, it will be a great health outcome. So that, yeah. There's so much there to be to be had. Lowe, would, would, would you agree? Did you do you think we just need a bit of uh, marketing magic to to, to aid us to, to, to push the, the export side for, for South Africa? Well, uh, I'm not a marketing expert, Max, but I think uh, we sometimes you're forced to to market very aggressively and much wider than you have been, and that will definitely start to happen. You know, it's already starting to happen, uh, like Ruan is saying. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's something you have to budget. It costs a lot of money, but in the end, it's 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 needed so that you can really influence the consumer in a positive way. Because if you don't know, it's got these health benef benefits and it's got very high. And you know, it's, the example is people thinking that there's so much vitamin C in citrus, for instance, or in orange. But then there's so many other uh, you know crops or, or fruits that's got double the amount or you know a third more. And people don't know about that. So we need to educate consumers by the way that we're doing marketing. Yeah. And, and, and we must just uh, remember this bit. It's all about the taste. You can have a, have a brand. But as uh, Leanne said, if, if people enjoy the taste and that quality and that consistency is there and they're coming back to buy day after day after day, uh, that's obviously going to be hugely um, um, beneficial for the, for, for the sector. So to everyone, we're slightly, we're slightly running um, out of time. It's uh, just, just it's slightly, um, so slightly left of field, but it's, it's a relevant question. And I hope it's OK to ask of you. And, and Gary, Gary Bradbury asked this uh, right, right at the beginning. And just for sort of curiosity um, sake, because we're, we're all in this, this world together. Um, and Gary's just asked, can we ask the panel, um, have the producers coped uh, during the, the COVID lockdowns, especially in the harvest seasons? Have the producers been able to do anything about vaccine availability for their staff members in, in South Africa? I hope this is uh, okay to ask because we're really curious to see how all these different different countries are, are getting on because we've got issues in, in Europe, but the UK seems to be okay. Um, Ruana, is that okay, okay to ask you of that question? How, how have you all coped over, over the last 18 months, please? Yeah, obviously a lot of um, a lot of interesting challenges um, regarding the vaccination availability. I'm not I'm not I'm not, I'm not the guy to, to answer that. Um, but yeah, obviously there's there's been there's been certain certain things put in place. Luckily, uh, last couple of, of months our numbers have been have been quite quite down. So I think um, we haven't felt the, the effect of COVID that much, to be honest. Um, which also which also helped. Um, but yeah, other, other than that, I um, yeah, there's not there's not more specific things that I can I can say what what, what people implemented. Yeah. Thank you, and and Leanne, just leaning on you with your extensive network in, in South Africa, how, how's it looking on that on on that uh, on that discussion point, please? Yeah, I, I think in, in terms of of management of uh, you know during the pandemic, you know, it's an incredible how. Uh, Um, you know, producers and, and their teams and making sure that, you know, they're supporting their staff with places to stay if they don't go home. You know, we do have the vaccination rollout. A lot of our farmers are, are running programs on the farm for the vaccination um, rollout with their staff. So I, I think from that side, a lot of our members haven't been seeing a, a block, you know, um, this year in terms of, of not having labor due to, to COVID, but you know, that comes you know, from our members, we're not seeing that. I think they put in a lot of um, practices and new ways of working um, last year to, to sort of you know, not have that problem again in the future. But LZ might have some, some more to add. Um, yes, um, I just wanted to mention that um, actually one of the stories that, we, that I received this year was um, actually a farm up north um, that um, if they vaccinated 1,600 workers on their farm. Wow. They paid for the, oh, we didn't have to pay for it, but they, they literally organized this whole um, campaign and um, just to control and just, um, you know, vaccinated 1,600 people. I think that's pretty amazing to, to, to do that. So, and I think um, one of the challenges, I don't think you guys must underestimate the um, the influence that COVID had on just day-to-day -day operations on a farm. Um, I mean, they could not even um, 
I could not even load, you cannot load, let's say you have to go pick up your trans, uh, your workers, you cannot even fill a bus, you need to get only half of them, uh, you know, half the capacity must be filled. So everything, everything was so, so, so difficult for them. So um, yeah, I think it was extremely difficult, but they they came through and no, I just think it's um, one of the things you can, you cannot, um, you cannot, uh, what is the right word? Um, South African grower will always make a plan. Yeah, well, that's well, one thing that that's one thing that we just showed. Uh, you know that that I just saw again. It's these guys are just amazing. Yeah, the, the, it's, it's been a tumultuous uh, eighteen months, two, two years, and and Leanne and I'd be very privileged to hear from industry leaders across your your sectors, and everyone, everyone has come up with a plan, and to, to man man and woman has has succeeded, got got through this, and and if anything, they're, they're going to have better businesses, and they're going to have. They're going to be able to give so much more to the, the people that they're bringing in into the businesses with the growth that we're going to see within South African fresh produce. And just, just on that side, just just reading some of the uh, there's lots of comments uh, coming in uh, with the, on the production basis. Um, if people are looking to, to plant um, to, to go into the blueberry sector, that, that's actually going to bring more jobs into in, into the industry. Uh, would that be would that be correct? Ron, what do you think? Would, are you going to, are you with future blueberry production? Will you be bringing more people in? Will you be employing more people? Oh, just just turn turn your ears on, Ron. Just turn your ears on. What well, I'm sorry, my bad, my bad. No, no, definitely, Max. And I think that's the the driving point for for marketing or for accessing certain markets. Um, I mean, going to the government to say, listen, job creation. I mean, this is one of the, in my opinion, one of the commodities or the crops in South Africa that will generate and create the most jobs. Um, so so that's for sure. Uh, a driving point, I'll say. You can comment on that, but I think um, that's the one positive for 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 the blueberry industry. Yeah. Yeah, well, well done. So come on, come on, everyone. I, I think you. But first, of all, let, let's let's not just be modest about that. You all need to be applauded for what you have done over the the last um, eighteen months. Uh, we we've come. We've used this expression about uh, about South African farmers and growers will always make a plan. And if it's a bit jingoistic, um, in in uh, ne never waste a crisis. And if there's going to be one big uptick from this, everyone globally is going to want to eat more fresh produce, more fresh produce of quality yeah. of taste. Um, and that, that continuity of it. So, so you all are really ideally set for that. And that's why we, um, both in the UK, Holland, um, and in uh, the likes of China and America, the rest of the world, we need to buy more of your, of your, of your produce. What, where do you think, where do you think this is all going to go? Let, let's be positive. Let's, let's wrap up with a really nice positive statement from, from you all. Where do you want to see South African berries and South African fresh produce being, say in five years time? Van, over to you first. What do you think, please? Um, I hope to see one day when I'm standing in a UK retail, in a store or outlet, um, ready to pay for my produce to see blueberries right next to me and not that um, those chocolates uh, mm. and all those sweets. Excellent. Well, well done. Lo, what do you what do you want to see with your analytical side and your emotional heart? What do you want to see for this sector five years on? Uh, 50,000 tons, uh, Max, um, and then additional 12,000 jobs being created. Excellent. You can never take the statistician, out of the, the stats out of the statistician, can you? And that's why you're going to be president of Fresh Produce Globally. We're, we're going to have you signed up for this. Ron, what would you like to see five years out, please? South Africa taking over the world with the production, Max. I think we've got the potential. <laughs> Excellent. I, I, I think actually that's going to be re realistic. How's that? What would you like to see, please? Yeah, I think what I would really like to see is um, people, important people in government really realizing that blueberries is a commodity that can certainly make a difference. And I want to see people get out of poverty and um, this ridiculous 40 plus percent unemployment being lifted and, and uh, opening markets, employing uh, young people, giving them a future, getting out of this horrific poverty that our country is in and, and really just start making a difference and be having a better life due to something like the blueberry industry. That's what I want yeah. to see. And, and, and so if, we, if we're seeing uh, consumers globally eating the superfood that is South African blueberries, uh, by implication, it's going to do good. All the, it's going to make people feel better. Okay. And it's going to do, do good. It's going to do wonders in, there in South Africa. Max, just a closing one. I think it's not only South Africa, but Africa as a, as a whole. I mean, creating jobs in, in countries like Zimbabwe and Kenya. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's going to put them on a whole different scale. So I think that's yeah. one 
Uh, we, we, just as we were talking, I've had a WhatsApp from a contact say that they've spotted uh, Zim blueberries in, uh, in Tesco's today. So it's great to see Southern African uh, produce coming in. So, so Leanne, come on, wrap up for us. I've really enjoyed this. It's been an absolute powerhouse of, of, of our experts again. What, what do you think? What, what, what's our end message, please? Yeah, I, I think, you know, what, what's exciting at the moment in the, the berry industry in South Africa is that it's really broken open. We have got new companies, new nurseries, new varieties coming in, um, you know, varieties that can be now grown in all different sort of climatic conditions of South Africa. And we're starting to move into Southern Africa. Um, and, and so that's really opened up the opportunities, I think, for established growers, new growers, and also sort of, you know, our, and I think as I'll touched on this for, you know, there's an opportunity for our emerging growers and, and new farmers to get into it. And really what I would like to see is South Africa starting to champ on the heels of Chile in terms of, you know, starting to go for that, that first place in, in Southern hemisphere production. And I'd really like to see some circular economy starting to happen in Africa around blueberries growing blueberries, introducing them to the African markets as they develop, building that local consumption. And with that, bringing in your nutrient density and better nutrition um, for, for people in, in South Africa with the fruit. So I'd like all of that to happen. And of course, you know, just blueberries and, and blueberries from South Africa and Zimbabwe and everywhere else to, to sort of become a global. Fantastic. Thought. Yeah, well, well done. So just to, just to wrap up, um, what's that question? What would the panel recommend uh, to be the best wine to have with blueberries? Van, <laughs> over to you. You start us, please. Um, a really good Stellenbosch Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh, that's a, oh it's going to be a hard, hard one to hard one to to to, to beat. How's that? Are you asking what's the best thing to have with blueberries? the best wine to have with oh, blueberries the best wine oh no we don't have enough time for me to go through down the list no i'm like we need to have a whole new discussion <laughs> you've got to give us one we're going to put you on the points excellent uh Ruan, please answer I'm, I'm, I'm going with Vienna. Um, I, I think if you, if you, if you do a, a blueberry and wine comparison, he's definitely the expert, so I'll, I'll go on his advice. Excellent. Hello. <laughs> I'll also go with Vian. Uh, yeah, he's Excellent. the expert. Okay, so so what, what we need now, we were setting the scene here. Leanne, we've got the blueberries, we've got the wine. Where are we all collectively going to have this party to celebrate <laughs> South African blueberries with the, with the world's best wine? Where are we all going to be, please? I think it's going to have to be PAL because the majority of our participants are in PAL today. So we'll have to go out to PAL and get on the tram um, in front shop next door and in, just enjoy it around that area for sure. Excellent. Okay, everyone, everyone off to PAL, whether you be in South Africa or you be, whether you be uh, internationally, we'll, we'll have a party tonight to celebrate South African fresh produce and blueberries. Everyone, thank you very much. It's been Amazing. Learned so, so much. And, and the comments that are come, coming in from Facebook and LinkedIn are, are showing us as well. You've been brilliant. Thank you very much. Keep safe and we'll see you at the next broadcast. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thank, Bye -bye. You. Thank, you, thank, you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye bye. bye.